Well, in the premier class, where only one rider knows how to ride a motorcycle, um, Fabio Quartoro wins again. I've said enough. Bo, you got anything else? Good night, folks. That's all we got this week. <laughs> no, I, I, I kid, I kid. But I was very disappointed in the Ducati team on Bagnaya's side of the box this weekend. I mean, he was blazing fast all weekend. And yeah. for him to go into turn one and lose the rear, which is really strange, by the way. Um, that's usually a front-end tuck there. But the rear came around on him. Maybe because he was on the hard tire. I, I don't know. I, I'll be honest, I don't care. Um, Bagnaya, to me, has... I, I think we have to admit what he is at this moment in his career. When we saw him fight off Mark Marquez, we thought, oh, man, this guy's an ice water fighter. And right. when he gets out front, he most times is. But if he has to chase at all, he seems to make a lot of mistakes. Um, and, and I don't, I don't, I know that's kind of, that might be a little unfair, but we've seen it this year with when he got passed and I can't for the life of me figure out how Fabio Quartararo is out accelerating him into the into first corner. One. That's the, that's what I, I'm, that's, uh, oh, that's I cannot, exactly what I want to touch on. That's exactly so, what I want to touch on is, do yeah. you think that at some point, the Ducati riders are less resting on their laurels that they have a fast bike and a straight line that they don't. I, I come do think out there's some of that. Yes, there, there's I no, do. you know, but as soon as the light, the, the red lights go out, Fabio Quartararo has the bit between his teeth and he is doing nothing but running for his life. So, yes, you know, because he knows he has to get out front absolutely. and he feels it's the only way he can win. But Which the thing about Fabio, right, the thing about Fabio is that he gets it there. Yep. So if. And and I uh, let. What's the? I'll get the, into uh, this. The side. idea of uh, uh, Jamie Sirachi. I want to call it Jamie, Jamie Sirachi, One of our favorite coaches. Now, um, it, you know Jamie Sirachi, you know, He had talked to me. Uh, I think he's qualified or certified from the Ed Bargy School of Racing. Um, we talk yep, about turn he's one. Instructor there, yeah. Well, when you start the race, it's what do you call it? Turn half. Uh, you know, because you're going to go in a little bit deeper than what you were, and you're not going to break at your normal marker because you're not going to be going as fast as you normally would be coming down to start finish straight. So you're going to turn half, you know what I mean? And Fabio Quadraro knows where that, that marker is, and he doesn't ease, he doesn't tiptoe into turn one. He attacks turn one off the start line. And I don't think, uh, that is one thing that I did not see and have not seen from Fabio, uh, from uh, Peko Bagnaia at all this year. So, Fabio, let's, I, I have a sorry, lot to say sorry. about this. I no, 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 I, I don't, no, you did it. But let's talk about who won the race, and that was Fabio Quadraro going away. Yoen Zarco finishes second. Jack Miller finishes third. Mm. So I want to talk about this for a minute because I'm glad you mentioned about he ran a phenomenal race and he does this every time. Somehow he pulls out a qualifying lap, gets on the front row, and he's able to get to the corner first and he does it. Some of it is because of how good he is on the brakes. But there's a part of me that we were talking about this the other day that Fabio, uh, Pecco, Jack, Yoan Zarco even, um, these are gentlemen racers. I do believe that. Uh, Fabio Quartararo doesn't have a problem with anybody in the paddock publicly right, anyway. Right. 
And so he's a really, really nice guy. And so is Pecco Bagnaia. Mm -hmm. So is Franco Morbidelli. These guys are really nice. You know who doesn't care about how nice you are and will do whatever he has to do to get in front of you on track? Mark Marquez. And we don't have that element in the race right now. And that's allowing Fabio to do what he's doing because Pecco could have very easily just blocked past all you have to do is block past Fabio. Y yeah, I'm going to lose some positions, but more importantly, Fabio's going to lose positions because it's been shown time and time again, I can get through traffic better than Fabio. But he yeah. won't do that because that's not who Pecco is. But I know that number 93 would figure out how to get in front of Fabio and put him behind some other guys. Now, I would say Mark Marquez can do whatever he wants. He doesn't get in trouble. But there's a part of me that wants that element of racing back because I'm tired of on track, no fight. I don't need the fight and the needles off track. Yeah. But, I, but on track, you've got to be willing to fight. And right now, no one's willing to fight with Fabio into turn one. They're just not. And... I don't know how many times they have to see him get to turn one first and then be gone into the distance before they figure out he cannot, under any circumstance, get to turn one first. So there's a lot of a lot of variables at play here, I think. I, th I think part of what you're saying is true. Um, I do think that there is an element to the fact that these guys are already riding so close to the limit of, of the bike's capabilities and of their capabilities, because they have to. You know, this... These bikes are so technologically advanced. They're they're so well developed. They're so well engineered that you can really ride on a, on a knife's edge and it be gone before you know it. Um, so, and that has introduced the argument of that the aero packages that are taking away the ability to pass and yada yada yada. And the, the, this argument, I don't think that this really applies to this track because there's not a huge straight here. They're not seeing a ton of speed down that start finish straight. What you do see is you have to find that nice fine element of, of front end feel coming down into that really tricky brake section into turn one. And these MotoGP bikes, they enter that brake zone right at the crest of that hill. So as soon as they're offloading the throttle and then grabbing that brake, the rear end's gonna come, it comes right up and over. So, you know, there's so, so much finesse that's taking into this particular turn one. Um, and then on top of that, I think it really kind of goes back to the inconsistency of the stewarding because these guys aren't willing to make harsh moves and moves that could possibly be subjectively interpreted poorly or incorrectly by MotoGP stewards that might crash another rider out, hurt another rider, or cause themselves a penalty. So I think all of this stuff is kind of, it, it's playing into that this situation of, the F1 effect, if you will. Well, wherever you qualify is probably going to be close to where you finish. Well, and, and I, I don't disagree a, with you. That's a bad blanket statement. You know what I mean? No, but you're, there, you have some va validity to some of that. But, Bo, do you think number 93 cares at all? I'm not talking. No. no, I'm not talking about 93. I'm talking. I'm talking about the current I, situation because 93 is no, no, out of MotoGP now. But, but that's what I mean, I'm saying. That, We're over. missing the 93 element. The 93 element of it didn't matter. Oh, you're Jorge Lorenzo, two-time world champion. Let me broadside you right here into the corner named after you yeah. and win this race. And 
And that's, but we need a little bit of that. If you're going to beat Fabio, you're going to have to die. I firmly believe it. No, you're I don't not, disagree. Yeah, you're not going to beat Fabio playing nice on track. You should play nice off track. I'm cool with that. But on track, man, it's got to be, it's got to be super serious. And it cannot be, it cannot be Mr. Nice Guy out there. Now, I know they all want to win. I just feel like they need to want to win more. <laughs> so I this that that's from a guy sitting on a couch that's got a dad bod and goes to track days and can't do ten laps. So whatever. But that's my feeling when I watch Fabio consistently get to turn one first over and over on over on quote the slowest bike on the grid. Mm-hmm. Then no, I don't. I don't accept it. And the other thing I want to bring up about this is, I mean, is the way Fabio's riding. How, how in the world did we fool ourselves into thinking this bike was going to be a problem? <laughs> I mean, yeah. how is Yamaha? Yamaha well, has to be looking at this other, situation because you see where the other Yamahas are finishing. You know, it's it's the it's the Honda effect. It's the Repsol effect. They're, yeah, but I think there's a lot more to it than just the speed of their bike. I mean, no, like you said, nobody can break like Fabio. Right, right. No, I, uh, I say, and I, yeah. I say that, you know, I say it week in and week out. Fabio has not given Yamaha a reason to develop the bike. Yeah, you know, ab- but, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It, it is crazy, right? Like, it just feels... That said... How is he Yamaha doing this? Yamaha hired an Italian engineer to come in and develop the engine, though. They sure did. They sure did. Which is and huge. I would that's, be, a, that's a monumental step for a Japanese company to make, I think. Yeah, I think so too. If they add speed, you're basically going to have to cut his tire with a knife on the starting grid. You're going to have to get off your bike, puncture his tire, and get back on your bike. That's basically it. Um, But I I think at this moment, they've got to be a little more aggressive with Fabio into turn one because Fabio has proven he can go right to the limit of what that bike can do and keep it upright. And what is it now? One DNF in the last... I don't know. It's been almost a year and a half. He, I know he wrecked at Portimao after he won the world title. That's the only crash I can remember or DNF I can remember. And he, he just, we keep thinking, oh, he's riding on the limit. How can he keep doing it? Yeah. But he's just blasting the field. I, I just, it's phenomenal what he's doing. And I never thought I would say it. But I need that aggressive 93 back because I want them going head-to-head. And I, like you you made a point, and we don't think that Marquez will ever be back to the 2019 Marquez, and that may be true. But I can guarantee you any year Marquez gets a sniff, and he's oh, close. Oh, he sees a gap, he's going for it. Right. And in that turn one, if he's close, guess who you're not going to out-brave on the brakes? Yeah. Because that dude isn't afraid. I mean, he, knows he just had like his arm crash. cut in half <laughs> yeah. and rotated 30 degrees. He didn't care. You know, so it'll be very interesting to me going forward what this change in strategy is because you've got to stop letting him get to turn one first. He's starting amazing. His starts are great. But I feel like there's some guys like, okay, well, you can't win it in turn one. Well, right now, if you don't win turn one, you don't win. Right. I think that's, that's a val- it. I think that's a valid point. And, and unfortunately – I think that Assen is, you know, in MotoGP at least, it's historically 
favored a Yamaha. It has. Uh, you know, and Maverick Vinyal has always been strong there. So, you know, this is not yeah. the track that you really want to go to right now going into a summer break, I think, if you're no. anyone else other than no. Fabio Quartararo. That's right. Well, you know, we've talked about Fabio, and it was a phenomenal race. I, I, I just, you know, what else can you say about the guy? He is the cream of the crop in MotoGP right now. But that man, Joan Zarco, with his 15th podium for Ducati. We keep talking about Bastianini or Martin for that factory seat because this guy hasn't won a race. But he sure does have a lot more podiums than the two of them combined. And, uh, you know, he's older, but he, he just does a great job mm -hmm. over and over and over. And the French one, too, has happened more than once now. Yeah. And, uh, yep. you know, I loved Zarco's post-race interview. <laughs> I think Zarco's still Yeah, I think he's still trying to catch his breath. Uh, just, he, when he sat down, he just sat down, plopped down on the podium celebrations. He was yeah. done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, he, he drove himself to the absolute limit, and I mm -hmm. congratulate him for having the, the willpower to keep going and to do that. Um, but in third place, we had a great run, a great track, or a great race from Jack Miller, who did a long lap with uh, and evidently navigated some stones there. Um, to come back and finish third, which was a phenomenal, phenomenal effort from the Aussie. What'd you think? Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Caparossi actually made a comment said they put the they put the rocks in there just for him to get through. <laughs> Caparossi so made you, that that comment yeah. on uh, social media to him. I think so. So now we're so now we're making jokes about our inability to to be competent. Okay. Well, I think that Mir had crashed there before Miller took that long lap, so I think that's why Mir did crash. Yeah, I think that's but they why had a broom. <laughs> Somebody had a broom when they went to get that bike. That's all I'm saying. There was a broom available; they just didn't take. <laughs> okay, and 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 so I'm not I'm not accepting any any excuses. That's ridiculous. Um, uh, no, it. You know, I mean Jack Miller. It. The story of Jack Miller is just. He kind of fades away, and, and and people start talking and saying, "Well, why is Jack Miller still here? Why is Jack Miller doing this? Why is Jack Miller still in a factory seat? Jack Miller's written off. He's going to KTM. Yada yada yada. Jack Miller, this that, and then Jack Miller turns around and puts it on the podium. And and I think this has happened more than once with Jack Miller. It, it, you know, it, it seems like whenever he's written off, or whenever the the world is just okay, that chapter's over. He refuses to go away. He's he's right there. He shows back up and and produces a good result for the team. I honestly, you know, if there was a a, a sixth man award for MotoGP, if you will, you know, I, I think Jack Miller, you know, he's he's almost that X factor when it comes to a team. Is he can always figure out a way to elevate a team whenever it needs to be elevated. And you know, unfortunately, that doesn't translate back to the championship as far as a riders' championship goes. But it does go a long way as far as a team championship's concerned because it's also what they're fighting for. Um, and, and, you know, Jack Miller had a really good finish this weekend and, and a great effort, like you said, with a long lap. Still was able to make it through the pack again and um, and finish uh, second ahead of, uh, of Alicia Spargaro. So, I mean, it just... I mean, Jack Miller's a quality rider. What else can you say? I think that he's going to do a lot for KTM next year. He's going to really, I think magnify some of the inefficiencies on the bike 
um, and help them develop that bike a little bit, kind of tell them, you know, hey, this is what's going on. This is what you need to change. This is how we make it better. And so I I don't know. I'm a Jack Miller fan, Uh, you know. Are you? I I couldn't get that. I think this was a really good weekend, though, for him. No, I'm a Jack Miller fan as well, and I, I, I think he deserves to be in MotoGP. And um, he didn't have the results or the flash of Pecco Bagnaia or uh, Jorge Martin or uh, um, or, or Anaya Bastianini, but Anaya Bastianini's only won one more race than Jack Miller, but he did them all this year. So mm-hmm. it's, it's what have you done for me lately? Um, but you know, it's another podium for Jack, and you know, it's not like he's not putting it on the on the boxes. Um, so. Yeah, you're right. I think he is overlooked and disparaged a little bit too much. I mean, Jack said it best. He's not sliced ham. He's one of the best riders out there. Yeah. He may not be the best, but only one guy is the best. Everybody can't be the best. Right. Uh, and the the guy that's the best right now is just on another planet. Um, so, you know, Jack's here on Earth. And this just is his third third podium this year. You know. Yep, his third podium this year. So he he's doing he's doing a good job. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't crash a ton. He does occasionally, but he doesn't crash a ton. He brings the bike home, even if it's not for a lot of points. He brings it home. So, there are worse people to have on your team than Jack Miller. That's one hundred percent sure. Um, and fourth was Alicia Spargaro, another consistent finish for Alicia. He lost out to Jack there, right at the you know right close to the end. Jack got him, but uh, Alicia was very unhappy with the tire, uh, and uh, really kind of disparaged Michelin a little bit. Um, so we know how Elish goes. Elish wears his heart on his sleeve, and mm-hmm. if he didn't win, it's somebody else's fault. But he just was really unhappy with the tire, and he let Michelin know about it. He said it was a terrible tire. He wasn't having any of the problems he was having until they put that tire in. And it, Michelin couldn't find anything wrong with the tire. Well, that's racing, right? I mean, it, it happens. So you, you just don't it, show it does. up. You're pointing the blame. You're going to find something to it's always somebody else's fault. I don't you know, I, I think the flip side of that, the polar opposite of that is a guy like Luca Marini, who's the second, fifth place finish in a row. Mm-hmm. And just finishes races, goes out, does a good job on a satellite team, scores good points every week. He's in the top 10 most every week. He's, of course, he's been out of the top 10 a time or two, but he's a consistent top 10 player and now he's becoming he's kind of climbed up he's now he's starting to be a more consistent top five player which is really really good and no one's talking about him for a factory seat either because he's not winning any races and you know you got to win but i think we can put to bed all the the nepotism jokes and everything else because this guy has proven he belongs yeah i mean i mean Valentino Rossi's not on the grid this year. He's not around the paddock as much. And Luca Marini's doing better now. You, you know, so what does that say? That, that To me, Luca Marini's turning a corner this year. Uh, and I think he still has finished every MotoGP race that he's uh, started, correct? He's got a couple uh, yes. of non-scores this year, but I don't think he has yeah. any DNFs. Yeah. He brings the bike home yes. for, for sure. And, and that's I think that's a huge deal. Um, and... Yeah, I don't think Ducati's gonna gonna let him go. I think they're gonna do what they can no. to try to keep him around on a yep. Ducati bike. You know, if it's in the VR forty six cat the the Mooney team or if it's somewhere else, I think they're gonna try to keep him on, on a Ducati. I think he'll stay with Mooney. I, I think mm-hmm. he's comfortable there. I, I think the people know he's talented and that he's warranting staying. As as Mooney, you can't ask your your riders to win. 
because we've seen Anea win three races. Yeah. But now we've also seen it's feast or famine, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think I think for this guy, if you're Mooney VR46, there's no way you let Luca go. Because well, yeah, I mean, and he and Bar- Marco Batsecki, they've got history in the in the academy together. They were teammates at VR46. They're good buddies, yeah. Team. They're friends. Yeah. There's a lot of chemistry inside that garage, and that really is. And, and Marco Batsecki's not having a poor year. He's... You know, he's kind of, he's got a little bit more ups and downs, a little bit more. He's going to be rookie of the year. He's going right, to be but, rookie of the year. Yeah. But, but he's as not as finishing, consistent. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what we're missing right now, but it's a rookie season. So that there are going to be flashes and there are going to be you know ups and downs throughout that, that year. Um, but Marco Batsecki, I think is showing a ton of potential in this class already. And, and I'm excited for next year when it comes to the Mooney team. Yeah, me too. I, I I'm hoping Ducati keeps them in the, in the same trim. Um, because, you know, I think Luca's earned it, uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so let's talk about Ducati for a sec. They've got to be pulling their hair out, man. I mean, <laughs> they can't win for losing. They've won five races, which is more than any other manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody close to the lead. You know, the, their most consistent guy is on a satellite team. The most wins come from a satellite team. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Ducati, where are you? Where's your mindset right now? I stop touching the bike is kind of where I'm at. Um, leave the bike alone. I think now you have to never going to happen. I think now, you, well, that's fine, but but you're asking my opinion, and I think that's my opinion. No, I said, what do you think Ducati's thinking right now? I didn't say what Bo thinking. <laughs> Well, that's it for Bo, everybody. He yep. quit. He just he just rage quit the podcast. No, I I agree. We go ahead with your point, Bo. No, I I think you have to look at the riders. I think you have to kind of lean on Pecco a little bit, honestly. Um, like you said, Pecco was just so fast this weekend, and then didn't get into turn one first. Got stuck behind Fabio. Started on the back foot, and then you know, strange crash. It, it, it's just. It's so weird. You know, you, you, you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, I think, that, you know, it does take a lot of skill and a lot of talent and the right team to win a championship. But along with that, there's a little bit of luck that's being that has to be sprinkled along your way. And I think that Fabio Cotteraro right now needs to go buy a lottery ticket because there's it's like he can do no wrong sometimes. Even when Ducati's firing on all cylinders and they're having a perfect weekend, something happens to where they cannot get that that needed rider to go win the championship because arguably Pekka Benyai is their their desired favorite, right? That's who Ducati really wants to be fighting for the championship. He's their uh, their factory rider. He's you know if we want to talk about number one, number two riders, he's the number one rider in the factory uh, team, and now their number one rider is on a satellite team, uh, their most consistent rider at least. Who um, is Zarco third in a championship? I think. Uh, uh, yes, third, third in championship, sixty-one yeah, points back. So, you know, I, I do think that Ducati's almost in a precarious situation where because now they have to shift their focus almost to Zarco to say, okay, you're kind of our horse now. You know, like our, our you 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 rest our hopes rest upon your shoulders as far as a riders' championship goes. Um, but to correct it moving forward, I think Ducati needs to lean a little bit on 
Pecco to say, okay, where are you, where can you do better? Because we have seen Pecco been completely ice cold against a Mark Marquez inside Mark Marquez's own dojo at Aragon. And it, it's, it, we've seen Pecco Banyaya crack in Misano. Uh, from a you know arguably could have been a, an environmental change with the temperatures um, but still yet was a mistake and gave the championship away this year too many dnfs have caused have really killed peco benyai's championship charge he has yeah. four dnfs yeah and really five if you count indonesia because they only got one point so in five of the races he got one a point. championship that way no you cannot you cannot you will not Right. Um, because especially with a guy like Zarco, who's had a couple of DNFs himself, but it's not five. You know, so I, like I say five, it's four with one point scored in Indonesia. So really five. And so that's half the races you're not scoring points. That's that's incredible. It's also ridiculous. And you, you just, you have to do better. Um, and I think it starts with the start of the race. Yeah. You can't let Pop Fabio get out there. I don't care. I don't care if you think, well, I might I might crash. So what? You're going to lose regardless if you let him get out there. Mm-hmm. Because no one has proven that once he gets to the front that they can catch him. Not this year. Right. You know? So I mean, I'm with you. Ducati needs to leave the bike alone a little bit because they kind of put Pecco on the back foot with all the the stuff they were trying to do. Um but on top of that, Ducati is probably very frustrated that they have, you know, in the top 10, there are one, two, three, four, four Ducatis in the top 10, but the two top Ducatis are satellite. That'd be very frustrating for me yeah. as a factory. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just got to do better. But hopefully they will. Hopefully Assen will be a good track for Ducati. or for I'd like to see Pecco get back on track. I'd like to see him stop choking because I think it would be fun racing between him and Fabio. I just need someone to challenge Fabio the same way we needed someone to challenge Marquez. Yeah. In 16, you know, from 16 to 19. Right. Somebody please challenge him. You know, but and I do think that that person is, I, I think that person is Paco, Paco uh, I think he's got to work through this season right now. You know, this kind of storm that he's in the middle of, uh, possibly the summer break could be really good, you know, for him to mentally reset. I agree. Gym, I agree. You know, and, and like you'd said before, the summer break can really stop momentum and it can, it can really kind of change the, the landscape of a season. Um, and even if Paco Benyaya doesn't, turn around and win the championship this year if Pecco Pena can return after the summer break to the same form that he did or similar form that he did last year uh, yeah I, I think he was Pecco on fire Benyaya, yeah it's going to be a scary um, end to the season and could possibly you know be kind of a precursor into the 2023 season um, any more mistakes and crashes and DNFs he's done yeah um, uh, yeah th- his chances are already super slim um, but you're right you're and of course, right. we, we have to see Fabio crack. That's something. Yeah, we have Fabio's going to have to have some. He's going to have to have a mechanical or two. A chink in the armor is going to have to develop, mm-hmm. um, because that stuff has a way of 
you know, kind of spinning out of control sometimes. But if that if that doesn't happen, no matter what Pecco does, because he's already given him such a lead. But it would be nice to see Pecco in the second half being the Pecco that we know he can be. Yeah. Um, yeah, M- Martin finished uh, six, which isn't a terrible race. You know, he's still coming off that surgery. So we'll see if he can get a little better in Assen, a little more time to recover there. Brad Bender, the Sunday man, coming through the field from 132nd to finish seventh. I mean, every time. It's he's such a good racer. I just I hope KTM can figure out a bike. Yeah, um, I think I saw a comment from Brad Bender that says every weekend he goes out and you know puts the maximum effort out and he's not getting that back. And I hate that from Brad Bender because we know that you know Brad Bender's had a, an existing relationship with KTM for quite a while now. Um, but honestly, KTM is not holding up their end of the bargain for any of their riders. I don't think. Um, why do you think that is? What do you think is the problem? Money? Or do they think they know better? I think it's a little of both. You know, KTM is a, obviously it's a very proud company. They've got a lot of rich racing heritage um, as far as the car goes, uh, motocross. I mean, KTM, do, they do not create badly engineered bikes. They, they have amazing machines hands down just just amazing machines do they have an amazing moto gp machine obviously not so why no. not you know if what you are doing is not working then why do you continue to do it why are you so against trying something new um is it because you've invested so much money so much time into the r&d of this that you're so far down this path that you can't really back out now and you've got to continue forward. I think that's just that all that is doing to me, it is, it's delaying the inevitable and the fact that your program is going to fail. Yeah, Um, you can't, you can't, you can't approach it that way. I agree with you, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, they got Jack Miller in there next year and we're hoping it's not another Zarco situation. I think it still um, comes back to the frame, personally. I think that it's a... Well, maybe. I think it's a frame issue. It could be. Um, real quick, let's mention the first points for Raul Fernandez. I hope that he's turned a corner and that he can uh, he can start to do something this year. Now, it's been reported, silly season's upon us. Right. We know right. that, as I mentioned, Jack Miller's at KTM next year. But we also know that Oliveira will be with Raul Fernandez at Aprilia RNF next year. Um, and that's going to be interesting. We do not know who, I don't think we know who's going to be on the Tech 3 seat with uh Remy yet, do we? I don't think so. Yeah, so we don't know that yet. We'll have to see who takes that. Um I'm pretty sure it won't be Davizioso, but Yeah, I think Davizioso is officially retiring again, right? I think so. And and somebody asked him was he going to be around at Silverstone after the summer break and he said I think so. So, we'll just have to see. Yeah, um, um, that does bring up another question. Is it, I guess does that mean that Darren Bender is officially getting bumped back to Moto Two, or I would guess that he goes back to Moto Two. We have no no confirmation on that, but the 
the I do know that well, Razzly yeah. said that they were not looking at Moto Two riders, but they were looking at an existing yeah. Moto GP rider with a one year experience yeah. and then adding an, a veteran. Yes. So they've got the veteran in Oliveira, and if they do, I, right. I don't know that the signing for Fernandez is official. Um, but I think it's one I, of those. I think it's a good bet. It's one of those two guys. It's either Darren Bender. Or it's going to be Raul Fernandez. I, who would you take? I'd have to take Fernandez. I mean, Darren Bender's definitely crashed out in more races. I think that Fernandez. Fernandez is. He's shown some. Yeah. Some progress. Not a lot. Not a ton of progress. But you know, with all that said. You have to look at the rest of the field. Look at the guys he's riding against. These are the the the, the talent level in the MotoGP grid, and even Moto Two and Moto Three. The level of the sport is elevated so much right now, that, and it's just such a sharp end to be on. Um, that I really, I'm not unimpressed with you know what Remy Gardner has done this year, Raul Fernandez, even Darren right. Bender. To be honest with you, I mean Darren Bender has uh, to come straight from Moto Three. Um, I think Darren Bender has learned a lot and actually done well. I, I think that Darren Bender needs to be a little bit more consistent, kind of find kind of find those limits and ride within them rather than blazing straight through them and throwing the bike in the gravel every weekend. Um, but I think I don't that's know why something. You would say that it's all a process. You you I mean. With that being said, I mean Alex Marquez. Look at Alex Marquez. He and Takanakagami. These guys have Takanakagami's been in the MotoGP grid for how long? And he throws it in the gravel every weekend. Well, it's because he likes it over there. But also, uh, an interesting point about this past weekend: it's the first time in forty-two years Honda did not score a point in a MotoGP weekend. Oh my! In forty, I'm sorry, not forty-two. Forty years since nineteen eighty-two, and they boycotted that race because of safety concern. So. 40 years that streak got broken this past weekend, and they they had some real issues with the heat of the bike uh, burning the riders. Yeah, um, I saw Stefan Rada was not happy. Um, no, his leg, it's absolutely his unacceptable. Boot. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not wrong. It's absolutely unacceptable at that level for that to be happening, mm -hmm. and they need to fix it. Um, 22 seconds he finished behind Remy Gardner. I think he said he had to roll, completely roll out of it just so he could get some fresh air on, him, on his legs and uh, on his yeah. boots and stuff. Yep. So, um, I feel bad for him. That that's terrible. Uh, the, as we mentioned, the track temp, you know, the temperature was really hot in Germany. The track temp was in the mid one thirties. And I told you at the beginning, before we started that, you know, this past weekend at CMP, the track temp was almost one fifty. So I don't want to hear anything about it. Sissies. Um, but it, but Honda really, they just don't have a good look right now, but it looks like Mir is the favorite to get the Repsol seat beside Marquez next year. Uh, and it is not confirmed that uh, Fernandez is going to Priya. It is rumored that they're very close to a deal. It is not confirmed. But we'll see. Um, I did I did see, speaking of gossip and silly season, I think I did see a uh, kind of a blurb that uh, Alex Renz was rumored to possibly be in, uh, in uh, talks with LCR Honda. That I heard as well that it looks like he will go to LCR Honda, which is a is really a death sentence. I, I'm not happy about that, but you know yeah. it is. He's got to have a job. So what does that mean for Alex Marquez? You know, Alex Marquez has just not really found a a good long stride in MotoGP. He's shown brilliance, uh, or 
he has shown success. I'm not going to say brilliance. He's shown success. I think he's got a few podiums. Um, but there's just, as the weekends go on, this new bike is just not, it's hard to, it's hard to demonize, um, Alex Marquez because Honda is not bringing a good, a good package. Honda has not brought a good package for the past how many years? Since Mark Marquez has been in MotoGP, Honda right. has not presented a good bike. So it, it's, right. it's really hard to demonize Alex Marquez. It's really hard to discredit, um, you know, Nakagami. Um, and even Paul Espargaro. Paul Espargaro, who, who led the entire race opening night in, in Qatar. Um, it's, it's very, very hard to... Cut, you know to count them short um because it's honda it's it's a honda issue <laughs> you know it, it's that bike and even 100 percent a honda issue yeah. even marquez in his return we know the the talent level that marquez is and was um marquez couldn't ride this bike at the beginning of this year so honda's gotta gotta do some thinking and i did mention i did uh Let's see a, uh, I think I'd sent you the article a couple weeks ago about Repsol possibly, um, you know, considering pulling out of the of the sponsorships with Honda. That's crazy. That will be crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Silly season's upon us. Um, but you know, we know Miguel Oliveira is definitely leaving uh, KTM. Mm-hmm. We'll see if Jorge Martin or Bastianini moves. Now, Jorge has said, I'm not taking anything but a factory seat. I think Jorge's going to take whatever Jorge can get right now because I think the contracts are starting to dry up or they're starting to get signed. Yeah, so if it's between not riding and getting a Premac deal, he'll take that Premac deal. I think he was fine with the Premac deal as long as it had a factory bike, as, as long as he had the actual okay. bike. Well, then that's fine. As I, long think, as he, I, I, I don't wrong. think they would take the factory bike from him. I don't believe that they would. No. But we'll see. Well, Bo, what else you got for this evening? Man, I don't I don't think too much. Uh, I mean, it's interesting to see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And then over the summer break, uh, I, I really feel like our summer break is going to uh, gonna have a lot of news. Going to have a, a lot to talk about despite not really having any racing. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, housekeeping as well. After the summer break, I think you and I had talked about um, some changes with Parked and Turn One. Um, That's right. So you know, just a little bit of awareness to everyone out there. Hopefully, yeah. Bo's you know, getting fired. You, I'm, I'm officially going to uh, the breadlines from Parked and Turn <laughs> One. I'm uh, <laughs> being let go. It was decided that management uh, we did not have the same vision. So uh, no. No, we're looking to uh, making some making some improvements um, that will hopefully give you guys, our listeners, and our reason for existing a better experience with Parking Turn One. Um, and hopefully, this will inspire our marketing director to actually do something and promote on social media, so you'll hear more of us. A hundred percent. That's that's the goal. Is that you'll <laughs> you'll hear more of us. Uh, that's that's exactly right. More of Jason, um, everyone. More of Captain. Yeah. No. Novice. I uh, more Captain more, Novice. More ca- hashtag more Captain Novice. I I do want to. We did not mention Maverick Vinales, who was having a really good race that's and a good, good weekend. Yeah. Um. Until his ride height device failed, and that was crazy when they showed it in the pits. How low that bike was. Um. You know, I feel for Maverick a little bit. He, he was just starting to get to grips, and it didn't go well. But he always goes well at Aston, so there's always next week. Um, 
Just keep yourself away from the podium, young man. Nobody's trying to buy an Aprilia <laughs> factory. So, um, but I, I think, I think you know, overall, I, I'm excited for the changes that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it's just an improvement, as you said, and be a little bit more viable. I mean, I've got a real desk now, and, um, you know, everything's steps, becoming Baby real. Steps, I mean, you know? I, I really... Rome was not built in a day. And honestly, I have, I'm surprised we've been doing it as long as we have. Um, because it's our 61st episode. It is our 61st episode. The funny yeah. thing is, is that, you know, this is what it sounds like in our garage at the, at the track. <laughs> like, the, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, Except <it's>, <laughs> with, a, with a lot more colorful language, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, our vocabulary is a little different, but the volume's even worse, though, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people and, but, garages three down oh yeah laughing at us yeah but also there's a shut up nick involved in there somewhere (laughs) (laughs) you know oh you think you're leaning the bike you're not (laughs) no oh you think you were leaning in that corner you're not um but i i you know this has been completely enjoyable so yeah so let's up we're going to upgrade the platform a little bit and hopefully you guys will stick with us but uh anyway i think that'll be it for night for it for tonight for me is that is that for you bo yeah, I think so. I, I want to see. Well, maybe next week uh, we'll get uh, Ange's fantasy picks going. We'll maybe have a new segment since he's whipping us all in uh, in fantasy league. We'll, we'll have to find out. Well, there. I got a text from one of our friends that said, I'm quitting fantasy. It's stupid. I got that same text. <laughs> <laughs> so it is stupid, um, but I enjoy it. And listen, I'll give out free advice for this week. What you have to do is whoever you want to see crash, you pick them. That's what you do if you're me. So um, I, I it, it is so funny to see how poor I am at this fantasy <laughs> thing. Like, I, 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 I just roll my eyes. What else are you going to do? Yeah. But, uh, you know, guys, I think we're running out of time. But for all of you that are going to be riding this weekend, I know NC Bike is happening this weekend. I know there's a couple of barbers happening this weekend. Uh Listen, keep that shiny side up, that rubber side down. And if you're not following us on social media, we are at Parked and Turn One on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, wishing you a great week and a great weekend with my man, Bo. We'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys.